0: Hello and welcome to Resell Queen Chronicles. I am Tiffy T, the Resale Queen, your host. And what you are watching or listening to today is, I want to call this a bonus episode. And the reason why it's a bonus episode is because originally I was not going to do a podcast or a broadcast over the holiday season. You know, it's so much going on with the coronavirus You know, ever not? I know for me, I'm not able to travel the way that I would normally. So I'm sitting, staying at home, having a very small event with, uh, with family, uh, with my immediate family here. Um, So I normally would not really be available to do something like this, but I decided to have just to have what I'm going to call, like I said, a, a bonus episode and if you've been following anything that I've talked about this week on social media, there was an article that came out a couple days ago that talked about uh, Amazon and one of the court battles that Amazon is going through. And it got me to thinking about what is the liability that we as third party sellers may have when it comes to what we sell and, if it's defective, counterfeit, those type of things, and how much support is Amazon or eBay going to provide us if that happens? So I just wanted to go over uh, a couple of things that I that I found. The article in reference that I, that I uh, was referencing was an article, let me pull it up here, because I've been down the rabbit hole all day reading and researching this stuff. Now, full disclosure, I am not a lawyer. I do not play one on TV. However, I did go to school to be a paralegal. So what that means is that I can read case law and I kind of understand a little bit of what's going on and I can look up laws and legal journals and interpret them. I've never worked. Well, I can't say I've never worked in that capacity, but I can say I did not follow a professional career in the capacity of being uh, a paralegal. Uh, the reason why, after I, you know, did everything and started to look in that profession, that's when I found out oh, um, that's when I found out that. Um, Oh, this wasn't going to work uh, for a single mom because the hours that you would have to take in uh, would really—it didn't work for me being a single mom. So I ended up in banking, and if you've ever watched me or uh, on this channel or. If you've watched the interview that I gave about a couple weeks ago on a reseller's passions channel, I discussed what I used to do in finance world. I worked in banking, things like that. That was more conducive of a schedule for me as a single mom. You know, you work nine to five, you're off the holidays. Being a paralegal, I could be in the office all night researching, uh, researching different cases uh, for the lawyers to argue with. Uh, for their precedent. And that just wasn't, it wasn't going to work for me at that time. So I say all that just so that you can understand um, a little bit of where I'm coming from and why I'm pointing out certain things. Again, I am not giving out legal advice because I am not a lawyer. However, I can read an article and read what the author is putting down uh, in reference to how you need to keep yourself from having any problems with your seller account and beyond your seller account, hopefully not have to worry about litigation for a product that you sold, not that one you manufactured that you sold. Cause in my, in my thought process, I would always think, well, If I go to the store, let's say I'm just going to name a store and say Walmart or Target and I buy a product. And let's just, for instance, say it slapped me in the eye. I wouldn't sue Walmart or Target just because they happen to be the place that I purchased it from. If it caused me such horrible injury, I would sue the manufacturer. However, the, the way laws are written, according to what jurisdiction you're in, you can sue the seller because the seller is t- is supposed to know that there is not a reasonable harm. It's not that the product is not going to provide reasonable harm to the consumer. So that's actually one of the reasons why there are certain things I stay away from as a seller Um one of the things I stay away from as a seller are uh, baby products. I don't sell a lot of baby products. And I'm going to tell you why. They're always going to be uh, some type of recall on them. Because unfortunately, the way that they are made, they're made cheaply. And unfortunately, some somebody's child is going to get hurt. Uh, because if you are a mom, if you are a parent, rather... You know, children get into things, they get into situations that you've never even thought of. And you're like, how the heck did he get entangled in this? How did that happen? Think about like IKEA. IKEA, um, for a long time, um, you know, if you're refer- if you know IKEA, IKEA is a huge superstore where you can buy all your home furnishings and things like that but it's mostly a uh, put it together yourself. So it's a do it yourself place at it. So you buy the things at a cheaper cost and you take everything home, you put it together yourself. Well, there was an issue with Ikea with um, some of their dressers that would be for a children's room that because, you know, we fill the dressers up with our children's clothing that sometimes the dressers would tip over if you were to pull out a drawer too far or if a kid was to lean on it or something like that. And there were unfortunately, uh, I believe a few deaths that occurred um, from that. And and the uh, solution that Ikea came up with was these, uh, I wanna call them, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna butcher what it is, but I wanna call it like brackets that you would screw into the wall to keep to help steady the product, so that if there was a tip or something like that, it wouldn't fall onto the child. That was a remedy that they had to come up with because that was an issue that was happening with the product. Now, I that's not something I would have foreseen. However, I am not in the dresser making business, so maybe that's something they should have foreseen. Uh, but. Those are the type of things that I that I'm that I'm referencing. You know, I'm not uh, talking about oh, I went to a fast food place and they gave me hot coffee and it burned me. Things like that. You, you know what I'm saying? All right. So I'm just going to read a little bit of 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 part of this article that um, that I found. Let me pull it up here. As I said, if you um, follow me on social media i posted uh, probably part of the article well actually the article was more of a blurb and so i had to go get more information on on the exact case and that's where i found found out what was what was going on so let's see here so courts now keep in mind these are things that are happening in several different states uh so there are courts in california Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, uh, they have split when when asked if Amazon counts as a seller under product liability law. Now the question has landed at the Texas Supreme Court. So Amazon will have to argue before the Texas Supreme Court about why it shouldn't be liable for injuries for unsafe products that people buy from third-party sellers that use its marketplace. So what does that mean in regular layman's terms? Amazon is going to court to tell the court, look, these people that are on our website selling stuff, we're just the middleman. Uh, something happens, that's, that's not on us. You need to go after that part, third-party seller or go after the manufacturer. Now, if... My memory serves me right, or if you've been around for a while, you probably remember a product that was like a Christmas hit a few years ago called Hoverboards. Now, Hoverboards, if you were a reseller, Hoverboards was paying people's mortgages and buying new cars because of how much, how cheap you could get them and how expensive uh, they were to purchase through third party. uh, uh, You know, excuse me, I should say how much of a profit, excuse me, how much of a profit they made uh, for sellers. Well, because of how they were manufactured, some of them, uh, I would say, If I'm right, I think they literally caught on fire. Literally caught on fire. So think about this. Little Johnny's getting a present for Christmas. He wanted a hoverboard. And little Johnny is out playing outside because I don't believe it's something you should do inside. Are they actually, Dan, are you allowed to play those inside? If you got If you had okay. No, I'm trying to remember, of course, if you're wondering who I'm talking to, I like if you follow me, you know I just talk to my husband across the room like I always do, because that's what I do. Um you got like an open basement or something like okay, that. Okay. So if you have a good open space in your house, then yes, you could do it in your house. But most likely would you go outside or Probably, outside, Probably more outside. Driveway. I think, yeah. However, think about it. If you're in your basement of your house, you know, where your water heater is, your furnace, you know, things like that. And your kid's playing around with his hoverboard and it literally sets on fire. Think about what that, think. Just, just think about that. So... <laughs> I'm not telling you guys these things to scare you or to even have you be like, oh, I'm not going to sell online. I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. No, I believe in being informed and also understanding that everything that glitters is not gold. So I want to give you guys like just a couple things to kind of help you so that if you ever come across a situation where you've sold something and a person is claiming that the product did harm to them, what you want to do, I want to give you some, some steps that you want to do to help you out in, in that situation. So, the first thing you want to do is you want to be like accurate and detailed descriptions uh, about, on the products that you're selling. So if you think about it, a consumer, they don't get to see, feel, touch, breathe, smell, whatever the product online. They are going off of the description that you provide. So if you don't provide a clear, detailed description and they get the item and and they go to the description to claim that's not what was on there see what I'm saying? So think about that. And then you want to take the time and effort to include a terms and conditions section um, about, about the product. So you want to include any terms and conditions about a limit of liability clauses, which can put a limit on the amount of money that an unsatisfied customer can receive. Why? Because it was already out there. So that's like where you also want to reference, you know, uh, warranty information, any information on on support, listing, you know, a, a disclaimer. And you can add that at the end of the listing. You can put like a little star asterisk by it or something like that. Um, those are things that we do. Um, if for some reason, let's say like you get a product and you start searching on searching online and you start seeing some people are saying this happened that happened and you're like oh i don't feel like dealing with that don't sell it on a marketplace sell it on facebook sell it on craigslist you get what i'm saying if there's a question of something like that don't put yourself in a in a predicament where you're liable you know, for something that you're like, I don't know why I'm liable for this. I didn't make it. So if, you know, if when you are getting a product, research it a little bit, and also keep in mind for the people that like to do private label, you are essentially the manufacturer and the seller. So it's all on you if something goes wrong. That's why you want to test your product. You want to be selective of the categories that you sell in. I know at one point um, I was all about kitchen appliances and kit- and kitchen stuff. I stopped doing all that type of stuff. One it was getting a little too expensive to manufacture for some things. But number two, I don't want to be liable if someone cut or sliced something. Uh, you know, slice their finger off and they're saying, oh, it shouldn't have been that sharp or something like that. I don't feel like being liable for that. That, you know, that that's a human error, possibly. I don't want to be liable for that. So you want to keep those things in mind. Again, I don't want to scare you off from doing online reselling, but you have to be conscious of things that happen because I don't want a person to start uh, sourcing and start selling something, and then they see something it has a great profit margin. Then they start seeing people say things bad about the product online. Well, read what people are saying about the product online. You know, if they're saying something about harming the, harming their skin, catching on fire, something that you're like, okay, they're gonna need to go to the doctors if this thing is really bad. Maybe selling it on a marketplace is not the best place for you to sell it because you don't want that type of liability. Because right now, Amazon is in court fighting to make sure that they have no liability in it. And Amazon has way more money than you, has way more lawyers than you. So you you will need to to think about those things, you know, and it's is it's some and it's not something that you have to, you know, like analyze over, but it is something to think about. So those are just, you know, something I just want to talk to you about. And the next thing is, like, do your due diligence in researching and complying with consumer regulations. So what does that even mean? Okay, so familiarize yourself with, like, consumer protection advisories, uh, such as, like, a choking hazard. That's why it's That's why if you ever, if you think about it, if you go through Amazon, you put in a listing and you're doing a toy, they always ask you what the recommended age is. And I've told people, don't make that age up. You go by what the product says. Don't think that, oh, if you put ages five and up when it says 12 and up, that's a good thing to do. Don't do that. That'll get you messed up. You want to see what the product has. If the product has for ages 12 and up, maybe put 13 and up. You you understand what I mean? So you don't get yourself in a situation where the listing says, oh, it says a five-year-old could get could get it. And then next thing you know, they bought it for a three-year-old when it's really for a a a 12-year-old. You you understand what I mean? Because obviously a 12-year-old uh, sense of maturity is going to be completely different than a five-year-old's maturity when it comes to uh, dealing with a toy. You know, a five-year-old's not going to put it in their mouth and choke on it. Oh, excuse me. A 12-year-old's not going to put it in their mouth and choke on it. Maybe. But more than likely, a five-year-old will. So think about those things. And don't, again, not trying to scare you off. Just want to keep you informed. You know, so um Oh, things that say children must have adult supervision when using this product. That's another thing. If you see that on the packaging, add it to the listing. Now, you may say, oh, it's on the packaging, blah, blah, blah. Keep in mind, people are buying this online. So they don't, even if you have a picture, (laughs) trust me when I tell you this if they send something back, go through and they go through whatever process they go through to say that there was a problem with your product. If you don't have that on your listing, there you go. And then the next thing is, and I think I've talked about this in the past, but make sure that you're only dealing with like reputable vendors and suppliers. So, you want to be wary of deals that are like too good to be true or suppliers who charge way too low. You know, not saying that every deal is going to be something that messes you up, but you kind of want to keep in mind, okay, if they're selling me this for 200 but I know it goes for 1000 how much did they get it for? How come they're only charging me 200 one plus one is not equaling two there because if I if I'm trying to sell you something that I know has a value of a thousand dollars, I'm at least going to charge five or seven fifty. You get you get what I'm saying. So I just wanted to put that out there. To th- do research, ask around, and if you're like oh, I don't know who to ask, let me tell you, Facebook. You can go in any Facebook group for liquidation or retailers, third-party sellers and say, has anyone ever worked with companies such and such? Trust me when I tell you, you'll get a whole book and you'll know what you're dealing with. So those are just a few things that I wanted to kind of, wanted to go over with you guys as we end the year and start a, start the new year of 2021 so that you can keep these things in your mind as you're sourcing as you're listing and you can really check over the product. So if you have a, you know, if you have a product, I want you to not just, you know, scan it, pull it up and do your listing, look over it. See if there are any hazards or any advisories that are on the packaging, add that to your listing. Those type of things will be very helpful for you and helpful for the consumer. So it's, it's it's really as simple as taking a few looks and doing a little bit of research on the product. That's really what it is. And that's why I wanted to do this bonus episode just as a way to help you guys with, um, how can I say, with making decisions and making sure that you're making decisions for your business that doesn't cost you down the road. And you may say, well, why aren't you talking about this in January? Well, I have lots of things coming up for you guys in January interviews and other uh, subjects that we'll be talking about, but I wanted to make sure that I got this out. So I figured this would probably be the best time uh, for a bonus episode. And we will be right back after this meet jamie jamie is super excited no she didn't win the lottery and her boyfriend didn't just propose no she didn't just save money on her car insurance jamie just started her own virtual online tax business with one-stop taxes for free come see what all the excitement is about visit ttracy.myonestoptaxes.com. And we are back. So this has been a bonus installment of the Resell Queen Chronicles. I hope this information was helpful uh, for you guys. Uh, everything that I talked about, you can find right on the Internet. Uh, do a quick search. Um, There are also other things that are happening as well um, to keep in mind. There's a lawsuit that's just started with a consumer against eBay that is not about a defective uh, uh, product. It's about price gouging. And it has to do with, of course, the coronavirus. A person bought an N95. Well, they bought two N95 masks. Uh, on on eBay. And the price that they paid was 300% times higher than what it would have been at a regular store. Now, I'm not going to go into why a person was able or should have been able to buy a 95 mask because I was under the impression, and I could be wrong, I was under the impression that the general public was not supposed to have that because they wanted that for the medical personnel. And from the article that I read, the person is not medical personnel at all. However, they are an essential worker and they purchase that on their own for them to use at their, at their position. So I will keep abreast of what happens with that. Uh, I believe this started in May. I haven't really seen anything else really progress on that. Um, You know, in this pandemic, unfortunately, you're going to find those people that are taking advantage. Hell, even myself, I got taken advantage of during this pandemic of trying to buy household items uh, and things that would normally be at the store that's not at the store. I saw something really quick. I did not check like I would normally to buy it because I wasn't buying it for business. I was buying it for my own personal home and I got ripped off. Of course, go through PayPal, <laughs> thankfully, but you know, it can, it happens just like that. So you don't want to be part of the, the ripoff posse, as I like to call it. No, you want to make sure that you're providing value. But also make your money. Now, I know there's people out, you know, when the PS5s came out, it was a big thing that, you know, third-party sellers were in line to buy them. I know that a lot of, I believe Walmart, uh, I read an article that they spent a lot of money to make sure that through their website, third-party sellers, or I should say buy third-party seller bots weren't able to buy um, place the PlayStation five. So that really meant that they had to get in line (laughs) literally to buy it, you know, and then now it's, you know, they have them online for these crazy prices. If a person really wanted it, they could have went in line too. I'm just saying. However, we know in about six months or so, they're not going to be the same price because I have no idea how that whole process works. I don't know if you buy a PS5, if the PS3 or PS4 or whatever numbers they are, if those games work on the PS5. Do you have to buy all new games? I don't know. So that's a, you know, it's a hefty investment. I probably should ask my kid. He would know. (laughs) But um, thankfully, that's not something he asked for He wasn't into that He was fine with what he had, thankfully Um, But those are things to kind of keep in mind As we enter the new year I want everyone to have a successful 2021 Live, love, and learn And grow to our wealth in 2021 And this has been an installment of the Resell Cream Chronicles. I really hope that you got something out of this bonus installment. And I will be talking to you guys again in 2021. Bye.